service, but most of us seem to have slept in last week. We hit the snooze button on the new year, and now we're here. We're back. We're full. We're in this place. We got people coming in from all over the place out here in the, uh, in the, in the hallway, so we're going to fill up here in just a second here. So if there's some seats available around you, you might need to slide in a little bit just to make room for some other people coming in this morning. But we're excited to get kicked off with this new year. We have a great series plan that we've been talking about over the last few weeks uh, that we are excited that's going to run through the year titled Relevant. And you're going to hear a ton more about it over the next couple of weeks here as we get going in this series for sure. Uh, if you're a guest with us, we're happy that you're here with us. Let me introduce myself. I'm Blair. I'm one of the pastors here. We're glad that you're visiting with us this week. Just to give you an idea of what's going to happen in here, we're going to sing some songs, and then we're going to hear a message as we kick off this new series. One thing that might be really helpful for you as you follow along with us is to go to e any of the app stores and download the River Ridge Church app. You can follow along with this service, but also find out a lot about who we are as a church. But I know we're getting ready to get going here, so I invite everybody to stand up this morning. Let me pray for us. God, thank you for this day. We praise you today. We give this day to you. We love you, God. We praise you. Amen. Welcome to the Ridge.
praise you again and again.
Take a seat. We're going to be taking communion together this morning as a church family. When you guys were making your way in this morning, you should have seen some uh, communion elements. Um, if you didn't have a chance to grab those, if you would go ahead and raise your hand now, and one of our guest service team members will get that to you. So go ahead and raise your hand up there. Well, here we are. 2023 and I am so excited for this new year and all the new things that it brings before we get too far in we just wanted to take some time start the new year off right with some communion as a church together and so maybe this is your first time taking communion with us here before um, so if you wonder what it is and why we do it um, it's pretty simple we do it because the Bible instructs us to and, and in 1 Corinthians um, it says this is my body which is broken for you. And in the same way, he took the cup and he said, this cup represents my blood and the new covenant. As often as you eat the bread and drink the cup that you proclaim the Lord's death until he returns. And so we take communion out of remembrance, out of remembrance of what God did for us by sending Jesus on our behalf. God taught me a lot of things in this last year, and one of the things was that communion also means fellowship. So I really held on to that in the last year, and um, so we've got a lot of exciting things going on. And so one of those things is we're going to read through the Bible together in a year. And I've actually got a little bit of a head start with some of my uh, discipleship, uh, discipleship group guys. We've been reading through, and so... One thing that always sticks out to me as is, is I read through the Bible, though, is uh, how quickly I am to forget the promises of God. And uh, one specific promise is this promise that, that God is for me, that God is for you. And not just for you on the day of your salvation, but he says that his mercies are new each and every morning. And if, if you don't have that fellowship with God and that communion with God, you don't know what it looks like to be in relationship with him. And I ask you just to consider it today. Um, I'd love to talk with you, answer any questions you might have that lead you in the right direction. We do believe here um, at River Ridge, though, that communion is for those who have placed their whole faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sins. So if that's not you, you can just pass on those elements we're going to continue in worship and um, as we continue we're just going to look into this idea that, that God is for us and maybe for you 2022 was a rough year maybe some, some hard things happened but I want to let you know that God has not turned his face away from you that God turns toward you that he comes to you He's for us. So as we continue, um, I'm going to go ahead and pray for us. The band will play quietly, and I'll stand us up to sing one last song. God, we thank you so much for your son. Jesus, we thank you for your obedience.
against the, the death on a cross. God, we thank you that you, you sent your son to take on our sin and our shame. And that when you see your son, God, that you can see him in us. That he paid the price for us. And God, I thank you that, that you are for us. God, that you are not against us. You have set us apart. You have chosen us. That you don't turn your face away from us, God. You turn it towards us. So God, I pray blessing. Pray peace. Pray the favor of the Lord over every family in this place this morning. May you receive worship.
sometimes singing that song towards us, but at the same time as we sing it out loud, we are singing it towards each other as well, proclaiming that for all of us to hear and reminding us of the truth that no matter if we're weeping or rejoicing in the morning and the evening, there is no time that God stops being for you. He went to extremes for us that we might be able to have life all the way to the cross, that we'd be able to see and be in relationship with him. But he went to those extremes for us and that's worth celebrating. Let's worship him this morning. Yes. Hey, as you get ready to grab your seat, why don't you turn to the people around you, welcome them into this place. And if you're joining us online, you can hug on that person there beside of you if you want to. You don't have to. We are going to continue our worship this morning uh, with an opportunity to give back. Uh, we come out of a season that's all about giving with the Christmas season where we're giving lots of gifts and we, we try to give generously to those that are around us. We wanna do that as a church year round because that's who we are. We wanna be a place that continues to be a place that cares for our community that's around us, around the state, even globally with our ministry partners that are around the world in, in different places that we get to visit and we support but it's because of your generosity that makes that possible in all the ways that you give. 
that make the things that River Ridge is able to do that we are able to do as a church collectively, whether that's up in our kids' ministry or over in student ministry here in this room, uh, that we might grow closer in our walk with God as we continue on this journey. And we wanna be able to do that in this place, but also around the world as well. We try to make it really easy. There are lots of different ways to give. You can see them online, but we always wanna take a second and pause that it's not just a moment of giving, but it's a moment of worship where we stop and we realize what we are doing when we give. It's a great discipline, but the discipline always points us towards being more and more like Jesus. And so we're thankful for this moment. Let me pray for our offering today. God, we thank you so much for the truth that you are for us as we sing those words out and we hear those words out that no matter if we are weeping or rejoicing, if it's in the morning or in the evening, there is no time that you stop being for us. You went to extremes to prove that, not because we deserve it, but because of who you are and your love for us. As a result of knowing that truth, God, we want to continue to worship you and we want to be a part of others hearing that truth in a clear way. And so we offer this back to you, God, in worship. Uh, we celebrate the truth of who you are and we pray that others hear that truth. And we as a church wanna be about that and we wanna be about your work, God. So God, we pray that you would use this uh, in way more ways than what we could imagine, God. We trust you in that way. We love you, God. Amen. Good morning, everyone. My name is Michael, and today I'm going to help you discover all the things happening around the Ridge. At River Ridge, we believe that finding community is a key part of doing the Christian life well. That's why we love Ridge Groups, because it gives us an opportunity to connect with one another in intentional, meaningful ways. If you haven't been able to get plugged in yet, we have two opportunities starting this month. The first one will be a 10-week Freedom in Christ Discipleship course. This weekly group will meet on Wednesday nights starting January the 25th here at the church. Jesus promised us an abundant life, but to reach that ideal, we have to take action. And we believe that freedom in Christ is a great step towards seeing God's abundant grace work in our lives. To learn more, check out riverridge.tv slash freedom in Christ. The second opportunity to connect and grow with one another is through our grow groups hosted here at the church. If you've been wanting to join a home group, but just haven't taken that step, then we want to make it super easy for you. Grow groups are open to anyone wanting a place to join in on weekly relevant discussions as we take this epic journey together through the Bible in 2023. Both pastors Andy and Blair will be teaming up to facilitate, so mark your calendars and be sure to join us. If you need childcare, we think we have you covered, but be sure to register at riverridge.tv slash growgroups to let us know you're coming. Ladies, you're invited to join Ridge Women Breakfast Club this coming Saturday, January the 14th from 8.30 to 10 o'clock a.m. This will be a great opportunity for women of all ages to connect with one another around a welcoming breakfast table and hear an encouraging talk that will nourish your soul. Please scan the QR code on screen to get registered. And for the guys, join Ridge Men as we gather for Bacon and Bros on Saturday, January the 21st from 8 o'clock a.m. to 9.30 a.m. You'll enjoy breakfast, a guest speaker, a time of prayer, and hopefully get to know some of your fellow bros from around River Ridge. And did I mention bacon? And bros, but mainly bacon. Scan the QR code on screen to register and learn more. And now let's kick off our brand new epic year-long series, Relevant. In Genesis, he's the breath of life. In Exodus, he's the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, you'll get to see him as your high priest. In Numbers, he's the fire by night. In Deuteronomy, he's Israel's guide. In Joshua, he's salvation's choice. And in Judges, he's Israel's guard. In Ruth, he'll be the kinsman redeemer. In the first and second Samuel, you'll see him as your trusted prophet. In Kings and Chronicles, he is sovereign. In Ezra, he is the true and faithful scribe. In Nehemiah, you'll see him as the rebuilder of walls and of lives. In Esther, you'll see him as courage. 
In Job, he'll be the timeless redeemer. In Psalm, he is the morning song. In Proverbs, he is our wisdom. In Ecclesiastes, he's the time and a season. In the Song of Solomon, you'll see him as the lover's dream. In Isaiah, he's the prince of peace. In Jeremiah, he's the weeping prophet. In Lamentations, he's the cry for Israel. In Ezekiel, he's the call from sin. And in Daniel, he's the stranger in the fire. In Hosea, he is forever faithful. In Joel, he's the spirit's power. In Amos, he'll be the strong arms that carry you. In Obadiah, he is the Lord, our savior. In Jonah, you'll see him as the great missionary. In Micah, he is the promise of peace. In Nahum, he's our strength and our shield. In Habakkuk and Zephaniah, he'll bring revival. In Haggai, he restores that which was lost. In Zechariah, he is our fountain. In Malachi, he's the son of righteousness rising with healing in his wings. And that's just who he is in the Old Testament. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he's not just God. Now, he's the Messiah. In the spirit-filled book of Acts, he's the raining fire from heaven. And in Romans, he's the grace of God. In Corinthians, he's the power of love. Galatians, he's freedom from the curse of sin. In Ephesians, he's our glorious treasure. And in Philippians, he's the servant's heart. In Colossians, he's God and the Trinity. In Thessalonians, he is our calling king. In Timothy, Titus, and Philemon, he's our mediator and our faithful pastor. In Hebrews, he's the everlasting courage. In James, he's the one who still heals the sick. In First and Second Peter, he's our faithful shepherd. In Jude and John, he's the lover coming for his bride. And in Revelations, at the very end, when it's all over and said and done, he is and will always be the first and the last, the beginning and the end, the Lamb of God, the great I am, our Savior forever. Safe travels on your way home, everybody. See you later. Hey, come on, everybody. That's who we're going to talk about over this next year. Yes, love that. Well, good morning. I am so glad that you are here. And I'm, everybody who's gathered, everybody who's watching, uh, I am so ready to do this. So let's get to it. If you have your Bibles, grab them. Go ahead and get them out. Open them up to Luke 24. Luke 24. Today, we are officially beginning a journey as a church to go through God's story in this next year, okay? It's gonna be awesome. So uh, today, I'm gonna be setting the table for us uh, with a few things, and then next Sunday, we're gonna go Genesis 1, all right? Genesis 1, all the way to Revelation in December. I'm really looking forward to this. I know a lot of you are really looking forward to this, and we've been, I've been planning this for a long time, and we as a church have been talking about this for a few months now as a church, but, but here's what I realized. I realized that, uh, the, you know, I don't know where a lot of you are. A lot of you know what we're doing, like what we're about to, because you've been here as we talked about. Some of you uh, might have just heard a little bit about doing this Bible in a Year thing, and then some of you, uh, you have no idea at all. You might be new or, or visiting, and so uh, I thought what I wanted to do was just before we hit the ground running, uh, I wanted to lay a foundation for us today, okay, for a few reasons. Real simple, here's what I want to do today. I want to give us the, the what, uh, the why, and the how, all right? I want to give us the what, the why, and the how, and so we can all be on the same page as a church. So hopefully, hopefully today, uh, when you leave, uh, you will leave having all the information you need to know uh, so you know what we're doing, right? Uh, that you have the vision, the vision uh, of, of why we're doing this, that you know why we're doing this as a church and that you have the resources you need to start and finish well, okay? Fair enough, everybody? That's what we're gonna do today. This is important. It's important to see the foundation and to understand the foundation. I think it's really important to do that for, for a few reasons, actually a few people. Because I think for a lot of people here, uh, this could be a really good opportunity for you. I know that, that there's a lot of you here, you would say you are a follower of Jesus, you're a Christian, uh, that you read the Bible, you do devotions, you pray and do all those things, but maybe it's been a while since you've read the Bible from cover to cover, right? Maybe it's been a while since you've done that. Maybe you've tried and, and it just hasn't worked for, for one reason or another, and so this is a good opportunity for you. Maybe you're here uh, and you are a follower of Jesus, you're a Christian, but uh, you maybe say that your faith uh, is not as strong as it was last year. Maybe it's even a little stagnant. And maybe so your time in the word has been a little stagnant as well. Maybe you're here and you would say, you're not sure that you would label yourself one way or the other. You're not real sure. You, but you know, there's kind of a distance with you and God. It's kind of like that, that you're just kind of putting God at a distance. And here's why I love 
uh, the journey we're about to go on because this, what we're about to do, unites all of us. All of us can be united. We are all gonna be going on the same journey together. It doesn't matter what you came in with, where you are with God, the distance that you have, close, far away. We're all gonna be on this journey together. And here's what I believe. This is what I really believe. I, I, uh, I cannot make too many guarantees to you, right? I can't do that. I can't make a lot of guarantees. But, but here's, here's what I wanna say. If you do this with us, if you really go in, if you commit with us as a church and you do this with us, here's what I will promise, okay? I will promise something. I promise you will not be in the same spiritual position that come this next January. I promise you. And I can honestly say, here's the thing. I can say that for every year we've ever done church. There's no different. Like I believed that last year and five years ago and 10 years ago with what we do and how we do it and what we teach you. But, but here's what I think is different about what we're gonna do this next year. I just think there is a different opportunity uh, when we are going to spend an entire year uh, together just wrapping our minds around God's big story and then we're gonna methodically do that from beginning to end uh, together so that we all see, listen everybody, that all of it, all of it, every bit of it, every character, every book, every story, every command, every promise, everything just points to one thing, Jesus. And we're gonna see that. I, I think if you hang in with us, we're gonna see this. And I'm telling you, this will, this, this will for some of you, uh, clarify. It will clarify what you believe in. It will really bring some clarity to you. But I think for some, I'm telling you, I think it will revolutionize your life if you stay in with us. It will revolutionize you. And I think your eyes are gonna finally open to God and his story and Jesus and that it all connects. I really believe that some eyes are gonna be open. And that, and that really does take us to the scripture that we're gonna be in today because uh, this is what happened with a couple of guys who had an encounter with Jesus, okay? Uh, and we're gonna see uh, through this encounter with these two guys and Jesus a few big things and get the vision behind what we're doing this next year. And I think it's gonna help us as a church understand as we study the Bible in this next year. So Luke 24, we're going to pick it up in verse 13, but uh, here's what has happened to this point, okay? This is at the end of Luke's account of Jesus. So right now where we're at is Jesus has been killed, okay? Crucified on a cross. They took his body down. They wrapped him in the ceremonial cloths, right? Wrapped him up, and they, they put him in the tomb. They put him in the grave, rolled this big stone there. Guards were defending it at that point, okay? That's where we're at. Then uh, these women who were following Jesus, close to Jesus. Uh, they wanted to come and do a few ceremonial things with him. And so they were doing that and they came to the tomb and, and they saw that, that the big rock that was covering the tomb was, was moved away. And, and so they went, and it was kind of commotion going on. They went in to find Jesus and he wasn't there. Uh, he was gone. And what it says there is it says that they were perplexed. They were perplexed about this. And then all of a sudden these two uh, bright lights showed up as two angels. And here's what they told the women. They said, hey, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Uh, Jesus isn't dead. He's risen. And so they like, wow, you know, they're freaking out. And so they, they run to tell the disciples. But what we see is the disciples don't believe their story. Okay, look at verse nine with me really quick. It says, when they came back from the tomb, the ladies, they told all these things to the 11 and all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them who told it to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. And that grabs me. That grabs me. That, that's, a, that's a real moment, isn't it, everybody? Like, here's the real story. Sometimes we think that, you know, this Thomas, you know, doubting Thomas, like he really gets a bad rap. The real story is that nobody believed this happened. Actually, there was only one guy. If you read the next verse there, it was Peter. Peter was the only guy who actually believed that this was real. He said he went to the grave and he got it, but everybody else did not believe it. They, they didn't believe what was going on. And so, just real quick, why put this in here? I just want us to think really quick. If you're trying to get people to believe a story that you're making up, why put it in there that way? See, this is why I believe that what we're reading in the Bible is the actual thing that happened. The actual events that went on, it's recording history and not making a story up. Because if you were gonna make a story up, you would not start it out this way, trust me. First of all, you would not start with women being the first eyewitnesses of Jesus for a few reasons. 
All right, one is in the first century, women uh, were, were considered second class and they were not credible witnesses. They could not even testify in a court of law. Okay, so, so why have them be the first ones to witness it? Here's why. Because they were the first ones to witness it, everybody. That's why. And, and not only that, not only that, so we saw Mary Magdalene was the first one. Now, she had a few things going on, okay? I'm just, she had a few little things happen in her life. First of all, uh, she was probably a prostitute, okay? And you can read this in Mark 16, she was also demon-possessed. So now we've got a demon-possessed prostitute being the first witness. She's she got some issues, just saying. Okay, so if I'm in the upper room trying to make this whole thing up with the guys and be like, all right, all right, all right, all right. who are we gonna have be the first witness? Who are we gonna do Mary, put your hand down. Love you, put your hand down. We'll figure something else out for you. You're sitting this one out, right? That's what I would do. I would not have her be the first per Luke is just recording what happened. He's just recording what happened. Here's another thing that we need to explain. Within a few days of this, right? A few days of this, we went from one believer in Peter, right? To 3,000 to a few days later, 5,000, to 10,000, to 100,000, eventually to be the predominant religion in Rome who killed Jesus. Why? Why? Here's why, because there were so many people who witnessed the resurrected Jesus. See, uh, over the 40 days that he uh, was resurrected, he didn't appear just to a few people. He appeared to hundreds of people. They couldn't refute it. Like there were so many people who saw him, people couldn't deny what they saw. So, so no one who credibly looks into Jesus, who really looks at it from the non-Christian angle, nobody will deny that there was a Jesus of Nazareth who walked around the Middle East and Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. Nobody will deny that. Everybody agrees that, that, that he was around. But, but what they can't understand is how can you explain the church today? Because something happened. Something happened. And so... If you're Rome, right, and if you read, you can read the accounts, and, and this is even non-biblical accounts, it, it, they were trying to get rid of Jesus. And so if you wanted to squash it, here, it was pretty easy if you were Rome. Go into the tomb, get Jesus' dead body, come to the center of town and say, here he is, he's still dead. But they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. And so then some people would say, well, that, you know, that's why. That's because the disciples, see, they, they actually stole the body. Okay, so let's go there for a minute. Let's walk through this. So the tomb again, had a covering that was at least a ton in weight. So it took a few dudes uh, to, to get that rolled away, all right? So it, it was a big thing. Uh, and, and there were soldiers guarding it too, okay? Just, just so we know. And the disciples at this point were not these faith soldiers yet. That they'll get there, but they're not there yet. These guys are just a bunch of scared fishermen who just lost their leader and they were hiding for their lives, that's who these guys were, okay? They were hiding and, and scared for their life. Okay, so these same dudes, these same dudes had to sneak to the tomb, get past 40 soldiers who all just happened to be on their smoke break at the same time, everybody, okay? Roll the rock away, all right? Get in there, snag Jesus, and then hide him for the rest of time without ever saying anything about it, okay? All of whom, all of whom would then die horrific deaths for this with not one of them ever cracking and going, okay, 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 he's in Philip's garage, okay? You know, I'm like, none of them did that. None of them did that. So, so come on, which takes more faith, everybody? Which takes more faith? I got mine figured out on that one, okay? Okay, not only that, this is the, 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 decider for me. Even Jesus's own brothers claim Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Now let's walk through this one. Let's get some context in this. Anybody got a brother in here? Raise your hand. Anybody got a brother? Okay, I have a brother. I love my brother. He loves Jesus. He actually is a huge reason why I came to Christ. I love him. But if my brother came to my house one day and walked through the door and went, behold, <laughs> I'm the Christ. I would say, you beheld something on the way in and I would check the expiration date on that, brother. Like, I, I, you, something's wrong with you, okay? So the reason we're doing this, the reason why this, is, this Bible is being talked about 2,000 years after this happened is because, gang, everybody, this isn't a feeling. 
This isn't just a belief. This isn't some concocted story that did the Thomas the Train thing over 2,000 years. It is a historical event that actually took place, which goes to my first point. If you're taking notes, go ahead and grab those, get those out. Here's the first reason why we're doing this. Why are we going from Genesis all the way to Revelation? It's because of this, because the Bible is reliable. The Bible is reliable. It is the most scrutinized, most circulated, most studied book in the entire world, and it still stands. I don't have time to get into all of it. I've done messages on that before. But at the end of the day, if you just look at the amount of scrutiny and uh, uh, inspection and analysis that this thing has gone through, like, why do that if that's just kind of a made-up myth? You ever think about that? It's crazy. And the good news is, for those of us who know it's not just a made-up story, there's tons of evidence that we get to look at, tons of evidence that points to it. So, so here's the question we gotta settle with everybody. Can we trust the Bible? Not just the Jesus parts, all of it. Can we do that? So I just wanna be really clear to say this. The answer is yes. Yes, we can. And I know uh, right now there's a lot of like this deconstruction stuff going on where people, Christians even are like, ah, I don't know if you have to really believe the Old Testament. Uh, it's not as relevant or anything like that. And, uh, but I'm telling you, you can't, we can't go down that path. And here's why, because we don't have to. We don't have to go down that path. It's reliable from cover to cover. It's not just words on a page, it's alive. It's powerful. Every word of it from Genesis to Revelation is life transforming. It can change your life. It is active in every single way with every single word. Amen, everybody? And my hope is at the end of the year that you guys see that too, that you see it uh, and you'll land there as we go through this. So, so back to the story. Okay, so, so the women go tell the guys. The guys are like, well, you made that up. And so now you're resurrected Jesus, okay? Just, I know, I'm not saying you're Jesus, but just put yourself in his shoes for a second. What do you do? What's the first thing you do is you resurrected Jesus? Like, where do you go, right? I got some thoughts on that. Here's what I would do. I would, I, maybe I, the first thing I would do is I would like appear at the, the biggest public temple service going on. I'd be like, hi, you know, do that. Maybe I would do that. Or uh, you know what I would do? I would go to Pilate's house. That's what I, I would totally go to Pilate's house, knock on the door and go, guess who? Like, that's what I would do. And then Pilate would feel so good, right? He was like, oh, I knew it, you know, like, but he doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. Here's what he does. It's wild. He shows up to a couple of the less famous disciples on their way away from the events that happened to this little town. So let's pick this up. Verse 13, let's see what's going on. It says, now the same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with, with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. So why couldn't they see Jesus? That's the first thing that I was asked, you know, looking at. What was going on there? And here's what I know. I don't know. Like the answer is I don't know. They don't say. We don't know why they couldn't see it, but it says they were kept from seeing him. So it was a God thing or maybe a spiritual thing going on. We don't know. But here's what I don't want you to miss. Don't miss this. See, it was Jesus who came towards them. It was Jesus who walked to them, even though they didn't recognize him yet, which they will. They'll eventually recognize him. He was coming after them. Don't miss that. I don't know where you are with Jesus right now. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know what's hindering or, or helping or, or wherever you are with Jesus right now. I don't know how close or far off that you feel, but just know this. There is not anything you can do about the fact that he is coming towards you. You hear me? You can't do anything about it. With anything you've done, anything going on in your life, Jesus will always be coming towards you. That's who he is. That's what he came to do. He is a passionate pursuer of you. Next verse. So he asks them, hey, what are you discussing together as you walk along? I love that, because he knows, right? And he's like, hey, what are you talking about? Uh, they stood still, and their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, hey, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened in these days? What things, he asked. I love it. Uh, about Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was gonna redeem Israel. And what's more it is the third day since all this took place. And in addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. So these guys, 
are not positively talking about this, right? It says they're downcast. They're walking away from the event. They were defeated. And I love Jesus playing dumb. I love Jesus playing, hey, what are you guys talking about? Me. Like, I love that he does that. And what I want to see, though, here, I want to see the progression by which someone goes through when their eyes are not on Jesus. The progression they go through when they don't have their eyes on Jesus. So they tell him, they say, hey, haven't you heard? Like, where are you from? You living in a rock or something? Uh, Do you miss the news about Jesus? And they tell him about himself. They tell him about himself. But notice what they say about Jesus. So the first thing they say is he is a prophet. Okay, now that's significant. He was a prophet, but he was more than that. And so these two guys who knew Jesus, walked with Jesus, heard everything that Jesus said, the viewpoint of these two guys changed. It changed. Now he's just a prophet. And then they said, and we had hoped that he was gonna rescue us, that he was the one, but I guess he's not. And so in summary, for these guys who heard Jesus say, I'm gonna die, and then I'm gonna come back, they were downcast, they downgraded Jesus, and they doubted the evidence in front of them. That's the three things that they did. That's what they did with the information that they'd be given with what was seen. Now, I love, I love what Jesus does with these guys. That he, that he asked this open-ended question. He just wants to know where they're at. He, he wants them to work through some things and he invited them to ponder and ask and, and let them, so he wanted to let them sort of air it out before he came with the answer. Gang, he knew the answer. He was the answer, right? So I love how he invites that. He wanted them to sort this out with him before just kind of solving it right away. And, and I get that, right? As a parent, I get that. I don't wanna brag but I can absolutely destroy third grade math, okay? Like, don't even bring that weak sauce to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can, I could just mesmerize my kids with third grade math, you know what I'm saying? But, and so I could give my kid the answer every time without him ever having to work anything out, but that doesn't help him. You see what I'm saying? I wanna work through that with him. I wanna help him really understand. And, and this is how I think Jesus is with them. And I think this is how Jesus is with us. He doesn't wanna just ram himself down your throat. He does, he's not gonna show up at the end of your bed going, hey, I'm proving myself. He doesn't wanna do it that way. And that will not do what you think it'll do, gang. It won't do it the way, because here's the thing. He is not like an answer to a test. He is a person in the, in, the, in the manner of God who loves you and came for you and he wants the same from you. So, so he lets them air it out. So he lets them share what's going on. You know, what are you confused about? And they tell him, and so let's see what he says. So they tell him, man, I thought he was it. And so here's what he says. Uh, go back one. It says, oh, how foolish you are. And how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter into his glory? And the next verse is why we're gonna sit here this morning before we start. Here's what he says. And beginning with Moses, that's the very beginning, first five books of the Bible, and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther, right? But then they urged him strongly, hey, stay with us for it's nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. And then their eyes were open and they recognized him and then he disappeared from their sight. I love that part. They're like, Jesus. And he goes, whoop, onto Pilate's house, right? Like, I love that. I love that. It's great. Now, I know in the front of this where he goes, oh man, like you foolish guys, like this seems harsh, like Jesus is yelling at him or something, but I don't, I'm not so sure about that as I read it. I think this was more like, uh, do you have like any like bless your heart people in your life? Anybody says that? They're saying you're wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, that's just a nice way, oh, you're, bless your heart, let me do it. You know, like that's, I think that's what he was doing. And, and I think that they received it well because they wanted him to stay, right? They're like, no, stay with us, please. Keep telling us, they want more. Uh, and here's, here's what Jesus does. This is the reason why uh, I wanted to go through this today. Here's what he does. He asks a question, right? He asks a question, he brings correction, and then he explains it, right? He asks a question, hey, what are you talking about? Brings correction, and then he explains it. And here's what he says, he says, man, you guys, like, you know the Bible. Like, you know all of it. You got, you got it. You know the words, but you didn't get the message at all. So what's the point of knowing everything if you don't get the point? And, and, and so we can't, so just like them, we can't miss the point either when we do this. We can't miss the point. So this is the second big thing that we need to understand as we go through God's story this next year is that the, everything points to Jesus. Everything points to Jesus. Think about the irony of these two guys, right? Like they had every bit of information 
They had knew all of it, all the things Jesus said, uh, and, they, and they were around Jesus when he was alive and everything that was going to happen, and it happened like Jesus said it was going to happen, but they didn't see what was right in front of them. They didn't see what was right in front of them. And so here's what gets me nervous, okay? You could be around Jesus, and you could hear all the sermons that could ever be preached about Jesus, and you could witness miracles but miss Jesus. That gets me nervous. So we could have this whole Bible in a year thing figured out and all the research. And trust me, we got all these resources for you and we're gonna do it and we're gonna get it ready and we're gonna read through the Bible and get all that done and miss the whole reason we're doing it. Miss the whole reason we're doing it. I'm not kidding on my nervousness about this. I was in the office with Chad and Blair and I was really talking, I had angst over this Sunday. I don't know what it was and I was praying through it and this is what it was. I, I, I just was like, man, I don't want us to miss what we're doing. Like I don't want us to miss why we're doing it. So let me give it to you. This is the third point. Here's the goal. Here's a vision. We want to see Jesus. That's what we want. That's our goal. Our vision for this next year, our goal is not that we got through the whole Bible as a church. I don't want that to be our goal. Here's what our vision is. Our vision is that we get close to the one who this thing is about. You hear me, everybody? That's the goal. That's the vision that we have. You get what I'm saying on that? And, and I know this is uh, very simple. Like I know that this is sort of like elementary to say everything points to Jesus, but you'd be surprised at how many people miss that. You'd be surprised. Gang, Jesus is all over the Bible. He is all over the Old Testament. In Genesis, from the very beginning, he's there. With, with, the, with the serpent who came and, and, and what God said to Adam and Eve, Jesus was right there. With Noah, with Moses, with the commandments, with the Passover, with all of it, Jesus is all about him. It's all about him. And, and I'm telling you, that's what you're gonna see over this next year if you hang with us. And I believe it will open some eyes. So that's our goal, okay? That's our goal. That's our vision. And that's the why, all right? So now I got a couple minutes left. So now I'm gonna spend some time on the how. All right, everybody with me so far on the what and the why? All right, we want to see Jesus, okay? We don't want to get through the Bible and go, great. Like, you know what I mean? Like, okay, here's the how. I'm going to walk through the how. Uh, so I'm going to talk about how we're going to resource you guys uh, to start and finish strong, okay? And so, because so, it's a partnership here, it's a 50-50, all right? We're not going to do everything for you, so you got to kind of get in here. So here's what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about levels of participation that you can have with us as we go through this year, and here's the great news. You can participate on every level. Everybody here, everybody out there can do all three of these levels, okay? So uh, first thing, first thing, and I have it in your notes there, is Sunday morning. All right, Sunday morning. Let me grab my resources here. So Sunday morning, uh, and, and that's the easiest level to participate. Uh, and out there, you're gonna see uh, this black and white thing. So this is the roadmap of every message that we're gonna do from January all the way to December. So you can go out there and grab that. You'll know exactly where we're gonna be in July and in August and in March and everything, okay? So you can grab that with a sermon plan and, and so you can just get ready. Now, here's what I wanna tell you with what we're gonna do on Sunday morning. All right, we have 49 messages and there are 66 books in the Bible. Do the math, okay? I'm doing it right now. It ain't gonna work, right? Like, we're not gonna be able to get through all of it, but I have a really, really good feeling with, with the map that we have, with covering the meta-narrative, the big story of God, okay? So again, that's just level one. Just show up on Sunday, easy. Everybody's got that. Everybody got it? Yeah, Sunday, okay. Next level, next level is what we're gonna be doing in our groups, okay? Uh, and so what we're gonna do in our groups, this is really gonna be awesome. So what we have is a book that we're gonna be doing, and, and you don't have to be in a group to get one of these, but this is a book called The Story, all right? And what it is, if you've never heard of it, it goes through the Bible in a novel-type way. So there's 31 chapters uh, that you read a chapter and it goes through God's story and it uses the actual uh, Bible NIV translation. You're reading word for word. And what they do is they bridge the gap between the sections that you're reading. So our groups are gonna be going through this uh, and it's gonna be a really cool thing. Um, and so that's the next thing we're doing. Now, what we did for you is we purchased in advance 500 copies for the first 500 families to get one for free. All right, so they're out there. And when you go out there, we're only asking to please take one per family uh, just to make sure that all of our River Ridge families get one. You don't have to be in a group to grab a, a, a book, okay? Go ahead and grab one, one per your family. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, but we're just asking that we have enough for our River Ridge family, so don't get one for Kevin in accounting, okay? I, like, I love him, but like, figure it out for him. So, okay, so now, if you want more, you can get more. If, and if you have your outlines there, you can see on the bottom, if you go to churchsource.com, you can grab one right now for 5 dollars 
They started out as five bucks. They're kind of raising the price because I think they're figuring out somebody's taking these, okay? So if you want more copies, go ahead and grab those. I already did that for my home group because if you're like me, like I don't want to read Courtney's book. You know what I'm saying? Like I want mine, I want mine. I, she's a lot neater than me too, so I don't want to mess her book up. Okay, so anyways, get her, get her, okay. Now, that's for our groups. If you are not in a group, if you're not in a group, I want to invite you to join us here starting next Wednesday at 6.30 p.m., we're gonna have a group and it's open for everybody to come. And we're just gonna come in, sit down, talk about the story, talk about the message, go through it as a group. And it's gonna be led by myself and Blair. Uh, it's gonna be awesome. If you've never been in a group, this is the easiest time to ever jump in. You don't even have to sign up. You can just show up. You can be in that group starting next Wednesday, 6.30. Now, uh, the only people we're asking to sign up is if you do have kids, because we wanna get childcare figured out. So again, that's on the bottom of your notes there. It says grow groups, go, go to that thing. So we know we have your kids covered, okay? So, so that's level two. Again, if you're not in a group, man, come here on Wednesday nights. It's gonna be awesome uh, just to talk about it. I'm telling you, you can get a lot out of doing these things uh, and doing it on your own, but man, you're gonna miss something if you're not doing it in a community. I'm telling you, it's gonna be worth it to do it, okay? So that's level two. And here's the third level, third level, reading individually. Reading individually, okay? And so what we have for you now, like, you know, going through Sunday, getting the story, being in a group, that's gonna get through a bunch of this stuff. But I'm telling you, reading individually is what's gonna get you over the hump. It's gonna get you over the hump. Reading on your own, doing this. So here's what we're gonna do. Out there, you can grab one of these as well. Th these two things, we have one for everybody, okay? Just the books, one per family, uh, until we can get it figured out over the next several weeks. But this uh, is a reading plan that we have for you. And we're gonna refresh this every 16 weeks, and this will get you through the whole Bible on your daily reading. This is like your devotion, daily reading, uh, five days a week. We even give you two days off, everyone. You know what I'm saying? Like, there you go, happy new year. Uh, but so we're gonna refresh this every 16 weeks. So you can grab this week one starts this week. So today is your first reading, Genesis 1 and 2. So grab that on your way out as well, okay? Uh, and now, if you're not a reader, I have one more thing for you. There is an app that you can get called, and a couple people gave it to me, it's called the Dwell app. Write that down, D-W-E-L-L. -L. Now, you have to pay for it, but it is an audio Bible app. It has a bunch of voices and stuff. I don't know who you can get. I'm not sure. Uh, but if you're a listener, that's a great thing to get, okay? So get the Dwell app, and you can just listen to the Bible through the year, and it does different things for you as well. So there you go. There you go. Th those are the hows, okay? Those are the hows. Uh, and here's my last thing. before I, we're, we're totally done uh, time-wise, but here's the last thing, okay? Do this one. Ready? Bring your Bible with you on Sundays, okay? And if you don't have a Bible... Get a Bible, okay, get a Bible. Bring it with you, bring it with you, underline, outline, circle, make notes in there. I'm telling you, it's, it's, there's no better thing to do that than to do, bring your Bible here over the next year and do that, I'm telling you. Uh, there's a friend of mine who comes here and she's brought her Bible uh, with her since I've ever known her and it's great because the other day she called me out uh, on a message I did because she goes, hey, I liked it when you did that in 2017. And uh, it was great because she's had the notes on there and I was like, man, that's pretty, she called me out. But I love that. Uh, the Bible doesn't change, so why would my sermons change? You know what I'm saying? So, but I love that. It was pretty cool. I thought it was pretty cool. She all these notes in there, so, so go ahead and do that. I thought that was awesome. Okay, we got, we got to be done. All right, remember, uh, remember what we're doing. Remember why we're going after it, what, what, what our goal is, okay? Everybody ready? Yeah, okay, yeah, let's do it. All right, let's do it. All right, let me pray. God, thank you. Thank you that you set us up. You, you, you just made it known to us who you are, your great love for us, why you sent Jesus to us, and we have all of it, all of it, in one big story. It's not a bunch of different stories. It's not disconnected. It's all one big thing. I love that, God. Thank you. Help us have a heart for that. Help us have a passion to go after Jesus this year. Help us not miss the sight or lose the sight of who he is, what he does. I don't wanna be like those two guys on the road. I wanna see him right away. I wanna see him right away. So I pray that this is a help for us. Lord, I pray through those people that I was talking about, maybe uh, the believers in here who are close to God, the, the ones who feel a little bit more disconnected and those of us who feel there's a distance between us and God. Holy Spirit, I know you can do amazing things if we let you. And so as a church, uh, I pray that we pray for those people. Lord, I know they're right here this morning that they come to know you as their savior through this. I know you could do that. We know you, we've seen it happen. And so I can't wait to see what happens this, come this next January. We love you and we pray for all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, everybody. Genesis 1 next week. All right. Grab your resources out there. We'll see you next Sunday.